Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. I will be your father. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his, his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. Welcome back to 88.3 WXUTs after further review. We're back here with David, the man of God, Harris. And guess what? We got our another edition of Winners and Losers. Can you believe it? We're getting into the halfway point of the NFL season, David. And and you know what? This is the last weekend of October, which also means that in about next week, don't they do they reveal the college playoff rankings? Yeah, they should coming up shortly and people are going to be anticipating the you know, as you were at the top, there's no real surprise until they expand it to Eight teams and sixteen teams, or twelve. Yeah, twelve now. Eventually to sixteen, but yeah, someone's going to get left out. But yeah, it's that exciting time of the year where teams get to decide: do we really care about playing the rest of the year, or do we actually want to legitimately go for this college football championship and lose to Alabama? Just because right. that's inevitable. Right. Go yeah. ahead, David. But continuing with week. Um, week eight in college football and week seven of the NFL winners and losers. We'll start off with the winners and we'll start off a little bit close to home. Derek, your Chicago Bears surprise New England fans, surprise Bears fans, surprise mm-hmm. themselves, mm-hmm. surprise the commentators. Yep. Everyone, surprise the whole world. Everyone wrote them off. Everyone thought Bill Belichick, you know, what great to pass the great George Hallis. Against the Bears, Monday Night Football. And they look like a confident football team. Like, I don't know if this is just a one-time only because it's prime time and being spoilers. Or if this is a sign of things to come. But shout out to the Bears. Well, I only play professional football. Well, David, I, I, I've, I've said this before. I think the coaching is really good. The talent is bad. And the coaching to me is, is coaching to what the talent they have. They're trying to find – they finally are finding – what they can use as far as their strengths, rolling out Justin Fields and the like. But at the end of the day, I still say, great victory. I'm not going to be a hater. I'm never a hater on this show. But Justin Fields is still not the guy, and they're still not very talented. I mean, it is what it is. I just think the coach. I think the coaching has been phenomenal. I think they've been able to keep the Bears competitive, considering that you've seen it. The talent's not that great, especially at the receiver position. And the offensive line has been bad the last few years anyway. But the fact of the matter is they're finding plays to, to, to roll him out to his strengths, which, which it is. Also, they're running the ball a lot more. You know, their run protection is really good. They're using a plethora of running backs. Now, I think against more of the high-powered teams or if you get the Bears get behind, they're not going to be able to win football games, obviously, because now you've got to put the ball in Justin Fields' hands, and I still just don't trust him. But in a game like this, New England was having problems at the quarterback position. 
Um, and the Bears got a lead early on. Obviously, I was a little disappointed. I think their first drive where they only got three points. Once again, between the twenty and the tw- between the twenties, the Bears were moving the ball, and then when they got in the red zone, they had to settle for field goals. Until Justin Fields starts to show that he gets in the red zone and he's lethal, like the top-ranked quarterbacks, I'm still not going to be a believer. But excellent win for the Bears. They play into their strengths. The coaching staff is basically realizing what they can and can't do, and they're tailoring the offense to what they can do to at least give them a competitive edge. And that's all you can ask for. Yeah, and then to celebrate the victory, they trade away the best player to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, they so. have to. David, it's a rebuilding. <laughs> you, you already know what it is. It's it's rebuilding. They're bringing in their guys, and they got to get a lot of cap space. So, no, I mean it's just it's just you know classic Bears do well, then trade one of your I won't say cornerstones, but yeah, kind of cornerstone defensive lineman and defensive end and Robert Quinn for a fourth round yeah. pick. Get the picks and yeah. Yeah, continuing on another shocker that stunned the world: the Carolina Panthers. Um, PJ Walker is for real. I've said that before. Baker, Baker just Baker Mayfield. Yeah, his time is. It is what it is. You know, new coach victory. Um, we'll get to Tom Brady and Tampa Bay in the loser segment. But yeah, kind of surprising a lot of people, and not just with how they played, but it seemed like there was a revigoration. Like, it seemed like, oh, okay, now we're going to have to worry about McCaffrey being traded because he's gone. We're going to have to worry about, you know, coaching. Now, I'm not going to say that they're still not in a rebuild because I still think they are, but I think the Carolina Panthers will go down fighting for sure. Yeah. Which and, is and, what you and, always want to see in your football team. And think about it, the Panthers play the Falcons, and whoever wins that game is first place in the South. Yeah, but that just goes to show for a division that we all thought was, you know, one of the one of the better ones. I don't want to say the best. But yeah, one one of the better ones in the NFC. It, yeah, it's 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 bad. Yeah, it is. That, that's some bad football. In the well, South. I think it's more or less injuries, things going on with Tampa Bay. Um, but we have this every year, David. One division is always pretty crappy. It is. It's just not. It's going to be a team that gets in the playoffs that might have a losing record. Yeah, this this is definitely going to be one of those. If you get its first team to eight wins, wins the division. Exactly. That that might be a legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, continuing on to the college game, TCU remaining undefeated. Going to be interesting to see where they rank in the college football player rankings if they continue undefeated through this weekend. Could be similar to what we've seen in years past where will they respect the Big 12 champion? Do I think TCU will be the champion? You know, time will tell. Oklahoma still throwing people for a loop. Oklahoma State's up there. Texas doing whatever they usually do. Um, but yeah, if TCU remains undefeated, I think they have to be a lock for the college football top four. Yeah, and I agree. Like I, I know people in the SEC is like, well, they haven't played any well. Well, the SEC is like four teams. Tennessee's not really for real. Oh, you don't think so? Even beating Alabama? Uh, 
it went down to a field goal in Alabama. Like, this is a down Alabama, and it still took a game-winning field goal and 50 points to beat Alabama. I, <laughs> I still don't win. trust Tennessee. A win is a win, David. <laughs> yeah, but, they, but Tennessee also struggled early on against Pitt, and Pitt's kind of the middle of the pack in the ACC. I just, like, you can get the wins at the end of the day, but if you don't look good, I think that's going to be a sign of things that come playing against, you know, the teams in November and December. Mm-hmm. And I just think Tennessee is playing with fire a lot this season, and eventually you're going to get burned. Right. I, I just think that at some point, Tennessee volunteers are going to get get that inevitable letdown game, and everyone's going to be like, oh, my gosh, we didn't see it coming, though. And then you know, it's going to be a great job. Congratulations, but. Like, like I don't think this Tennessee team beats Georgia mm-hmm. if they mash up head to head. Yeah, right. But, I feel you. So, but now switching over to the teams that lost this past week, we'll start with Syracuse here. Mm. I mean, when you get four tur- when you force four turnovers, you expect to win a football game. Yeah, that was a tough one. When, when you take out the starting quarterback, when their starting quarterback has two interceptions and is benched at halftime, you're expected to win that game. And we'll, we'll get to what happened in Buffalo because that was just intense and stressful. But you can't, and I'm probably going to give some flack for this joke, but you can't take the BG out of Dino. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, like, that was just... It's bad. It's it's a bad loss, and a lot of people are heart were heartbroken because that was a winnable game. You think if first of all that would have guaranteed us in Charlotte, like I'm not going to say that they would have been you know number five in the country, mm. but undefeated Syracuse that's at least a top ten team. That's a great season. Now we play Notre Dame this weekend. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, but yeah, when you commit four turnovers, including a big defensive touchdown, you got to win that game. And great teams know how to win. And Sy- Syracuse is not yet a great team, and Clemson found a way. Right. What you say? They're not a great team. I I think that they're a very good team. Okay, but not a great I still, team. I, yeah, I still think Clemson's in that great category. I mean, I I think you got to just give them give them credit, give them kudos that you know they're 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 at least winning. I think, um, because Syracuse has been down, but you're right. I think that game basically proved that you know you're not at that championship level yet. Yeah, and I mean it's still a magical season, irregardless. I still think there's still a New Year's Six Bowl opportunity still on the table. Mm-hmm. Since we're probably not going to go to Charlotte unless something ridiculous happens, right? But yeah, we just have to take our continue with the magical run. One loss, Syracuse. That's still a great season. One loss to mm-hmm. Clemson. Um, continuing on, switching to the pro game, Andy Dalton. Again, you can't take the Cincinnati Bengal out of Andy Dalton. Just mm-hmm. that that game, which was probably the best Thursday night game since. The opener, 
I'd say. Right. But back-to-back pick sixes mm-hmm. is hilarious. Like, watch, watching that game live, I'm like, New Orleans Saints fans, meet Cincinnati Bengals fans, you guys can grieve together. Because Andy Dalton has one game like that every, like, two or three years. Right. Where it's like, holy bleep, like, what are you doing? And, yeah, as a result, Arizona won that game, which they really didn't deserve to win that game. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's Andy Dalton. Right. You take what you get. Right. Uh, something you mentioned, um, kind of thinking about the injuries. I think this past weekend we really saw kind of that this season we are seeing a lot of bad injuries for I think the first time that I've at least noticed and been aware of for the past couple seasons where there are a lot of hamstrings, there are a lot of lower body injuries, there are a lot of hip injuries that we're seeing. And I don't know if that's just kind of the sign of the times, kind of players' bodies breaking down a little bit, or if it's that in the combination with the new concussion protocols after the Tua kind of saga. But there are just a lot of injuries that we're, that we're seeing now that we wouldn't have seen even two seasons ago. Is it you think it's overusage or what? I, I honestly am... Don't know like what would be kind of the reason for it. Like, I and I don't want to attribute it to kind of the modified preseason where not having that fourth quote unquote game and kind of jumping right into the season. If it's the adjusted off season periods, but then we've had you know joint team practices and two days and all the other stuff. So it's kind of hard to figure out kind of one exact kind of reason as to why there's so many entries. But it, it is concerning because there are a lot of skill position players in particular, wide receivers with hips and shoulder injuries, um, a lot of quarter, yeah, quarterbacks with the, you know concussions, being more cautious about the head. More defensive backs, even like defensive players with hamstrings and knees, and even thinking about Brees Hall with the AC, you know torn ACL. Like, and it's happening a lot more on non-contact plays as well, which is a little concerning. So, just something for us to be mindful of, and I'm sure you know the powers that be are kind of also noticing this as well. And the last loser, goat quarterbacks, Tom Brady. Woof. Aaron Rodgers, a double wolf. Um, I don't know what's happening in Green. I think Green Bay, it, it's you know easy to just say he doesn't have any weapons because let's just be honest, he doesn't, other than running backs. I think Tampa Bay, it's father time is undefeated. Like, age, age is going to hit you, Tom. Is it and, is it really age or is it is we is just now that we just him and his wife officially uh, divorced the papers are signed and everything ink is dried on the paper, um, someone that's gone through a divorce sometimes that off the field stuff gets to you even though you can play it off and say you know keep it professional that that's a very emotional uh, ride especially how much you've gotten invested into that person and into that marriage so I think more or less I think I don't know if it's old age is caught up with time I think. 
life in general. You know, he's had to take some time away normally when he hasn't to take care of off-the-field issues. And sometimes, even though you can play it off and say, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm good and, and I'm focused and everything like that, people can tell when there's something that's emotionally taking you away from something. you just not fully, your, your body somewhat shuts down. So... I'm wondering, is it really father time or is it with the stuff that's going on? Because people have even said to me when I was going through my divorce that I just wasn't acting right. And that's where I see what Tom Brady is. I think a lot of people, even Colin Cowherd even said it. People that have gone through divorces can tell when something is off. And I think it's more or less the off the field issues because you've got to deal with the kids and what's getting split up and this, this and that. That can be a really uh, a hard distraction, and in 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 a lot of times, it's almost like a death in the family because things are breaking up. You're never going to get married to think you're going to get a divorce, so it's a it's a tragic end to something that once was beautiful. So, I, I'm right now I, I'm going gearing more towards the off the field issues is what is really killing Brady than more or less than his old age. Now, only way we could tell that what it is is if. Next year he comes back and he has a phenomenal season. That then it'll prove my point right. If that's if he comes back now, he might be looking like, look, bro, I'm done with this. He's already advertising stuff for his podcast and you know his new transition into television. That could be another thing too. He could be mentally checked out, but physically he's just not there. And a lot of times your mind is out, you're not going to physically perform. So I, I'm thinking it's more off the field issues than it is father time in this instance. That's just me. Yeah. No, and I think kind of the off the field is definitely a factor into it. I'm just kind of watching him and not even just like the body language kind of on the field, but it seems like in kind of thinking just because it's fresh, the game last night against um, Baltimore, like he started off well and then started to underthrow receivers, started to just miss simple basic things. Like, someone with his experience kind of doesn't usually start off hot and then kind of dies down for a little bit and then try to do, you know, played well at the end. And so it's kind of a little bit of both. But I think, you know, when you're 45, you know, it takes it takes a lot more to you know, get back into that rhythm. But, True. yeah, it's kind of a complicated factor. And I, I just think that it's a lot more likely that Tom will turn it around versus Aaron, personally. True. I'll agree with that. Yep, and with that, that will conclude this week's edition of Winners and Losers. Ooh, that was a really good one. Oh, man, David. So, once again, you always listen to 88.3 WGTs after further review on SoundCloud and on iTunes or on the live air at 88.3 WXU. Coming up next, we got Toledo Rocket recap and um, the late great Anthony Stain would say the Rockets pooped a hammer. <laughs> and uh, David, you're gonna probably have your analysis on that. Yeah, it, it was not good for those that made that trip up to Buffalo. Closer to you though. Okay. All right. We'll take a quick commercial break. When you return, the ever going saga of Toledo football. That and more. 88.3 WCs after further review. We'll be back after this. 